for us. Hello, and welcome back to the Real Horror Show podcast. I am Samantha, joined as always by the Stormy Skies. Hello, listeners. So, after five years of podcasting, Stormy brought it up to me that we should do an intro explaining <laughs> our our thing, how we rate movies. So, if you've been around for a while, you know how we do it. It's yeah. been on our website before, mm-hmm. um, which does exist. It is functional again. Yeah, oh, sweet. <laughs> so, I think I think the ranking is still on the website. I haven't looked too deep beyond updating it occasionally. It's most definitely there. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> welcome to The Real Horror Show, a horror movie review podcast where we review horror movies from Netflix, Hulu, Shudder, and everything in between. Uh, I'm your host, Sam Odie, and I'm joined, as always, by the stormy skies. Hello, listeners. <laughs> uh, so, welcome to our podcast. Today, we will be reviewing Audition, the 1999 Japanese horror film directed by Takashi... Fuck, I just... Mike. Uh, based on the 1997 novel by Ryu Murakami, uh, starring Ryo Ishibashi and Ihi Shina. The film is about about a widower uh, who stages a phony audition to meet a potential new romantic partner. After interviewing several, several women, he becomes interested in Asami, whose dark past affects their relationship. Uh, I'll say... <laughs> Uh, definitely. Yeah. So this is how we break down our reviews. We start with characters and acting, then we move into story and writing, and then we save production for last. I don't know. I've never really thought of a good reason why we do characters and acting first, other than the fact that I'm a playwright. So the first place I start is my character list. Whenever I'm reading a play, the first thing you see is yeah. the character list. And I think characters and acting overall have an impact on the story right like I've never questioned the order it's in so I, yeah I, agree. I question it <laughs> yeah I question why is it like this <laughs> I like the characters first yeah it's good um and then we like to discuss the real horrors this movie addresses sometimes there are ser- sometimes they're serious and sometimes we like to have a little bit of goofy fun that being said we are a horror movie podcast so mm-hmm. there is a Here is a general trigger warning. We talk about death, blood, guts, and other unsavory topics that might not be suitable for everyone, although we do try to do so sensitively. Listeners, discretion is advised. Movies are rated on a scale of what the fuck did I just watch, which means they have very few (laughs) redeeming qualities to be found. Um, (laughs) Meh, which means it's okay. And (laughs) oh yeah, that fucked me up. Um, and that is what all horror should achieve, to, <laughs> yeah. strive to be. Strive to be, yeah. They want to achieve that that grade. <laughs> yeah, and you know, sometimes some sometimes there's crossover in the rating. Like sometimes, yeah. the what the fuck did I just watch? That just means what the fuck did I just watch? And you guys can decide. Like Skinnamarink is definitely a what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah. But go watch it for yourself and explain it to us. Absolutely. It's all up to interpretation. This is just our opinion, but we do have um different backgrounds with horror, with a horror focus, I would say. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're just we're here for fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you should be so, too. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get started. So this was my first time actually watching Audition. I 
knew yeah. a lot about audition going into it because every year back when Bravo would air it, mm-hmm. I would watch the like 100, 100 scariest movies of all time or 100 most disturbing movies of all time, whatever it was called. Yeah. And audition ranks fairly high on that list. Mm-hmm. It's one of Eli Roth's favorite films and has a lot of influence on how he does movies. Yeah. Um, and so it's a very important staple in the horror genre, not just Japanese horror. Um, and it did come from the studio that did Ring. Oh, cool. They were looking to do another big hit horror movie after the six success of Ring. So they brought in uh, Takashi Miike, who is a very well-respected director in Japan. I know for sure there's at least one anthology that discusses all of his movies. He's a big, like, Yakuza movie director one thing i do think is interesting as we get into this since this is our second japanese horror movie and how for a significant amount of time america was remaking japanese horror this is one of the few that does not have an official american remake i will say it kind of does because (laughs) my chemical romance's second music video ever Mm -hmm. was a remake of audition which one is that? I'll have to watch it. Uh, honey, this mirror isn't big enough for the both of us. Oh, from shit. from, I brought you brought me your love. I brought you my bullets. Yeah, the first album. The first album, which Word. can you even call yourself a My Chemical Romance fan if you started with the Black Parade? Like, no, I, I think not. I think not. <laughs> like, I think, I, yeah. I started with I did start with Black Parade, but I immediately went back with to a. Uh, three cheers for sweet revenge and then yeah i brought you my bullets right yeah i and... think it's because of our our age whenever mm-hmm. the black parade came out yeah uh, yeah so but yeah definitely but like just I, I brought you my bullets is such a raw album oh yeah it's excellent it's they're very much um gerard still dealing with fucking 9 11 trauma yeah and just screaming most of the time yeah yeah they didn't even have bob on drums yet no yeah they didn't but r.i.p bob i'll have to watch that music video after we record yeah (laughs) and i just want to point out with that music video so often with american remakes when we finally get to talk about the american death note movie Uh we'll talk about this more is they don't cast japanese or even just asian actors Uh in the roles However, My Chemical Romance, this tiny little nothing band when they made this music video, managed to find all Asian actors to fill the roles. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. That's so crazy. Interesting. There's Asian actors in America. Crazy. Yeah. But I want to say is I think the reason there's no like official American remake that's ever happened isn't necessarily because... They're like, oh, this is such a perfect movie. We're not going to touch it. Mm-hmm. Because a few months after Parasite came out, they were already talking about doing a Hollywood remake, oh. which is stupid. stupid. I think it's because Audition probably yeah. hits too close to home for a lot of Hollywood movie producers. Mm-hmm. Not naming anyone in particular, but maybe someone whose name rhymes with Sharvey Beinstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be... Um, problematic yeah <laughs> just to make a biography film about yourself oops yes <laughs> just... interesting all right so let's get into actors our main character is um shigira ayo ayoyama um the man. he's 
he's our main character okay. and the actor Ryo Ishibashi seems to be um let me double check and make sure I'm okay yes he is the one listed first he is actually he does seem to be a bit of a horror person in Japan Ooh. he also stars in the first two um grudge movies if we get to talk about those okay so he, yeah. yeah he is a horror person in Japan nice um I love when that happens. (laughs) I looked into Ihi a bit, the lead girl who is phenomenal. I'm going to rave so much about her. I loved her so much. Yeah. Um, She's done a lot of like kind of campy action movies. I think um, like anime live action movies. Yeah. Uh, Based on the title alone, I didn't look too deep into them, but I recognize some of the titles sounded familiar yeah based on animes i've seen um so she's a japanese model yeah yes which like (laughs) i'm gonna tread lightly because asian women are often fetishized in the western world yeah but she's so fucking beautiful (laughs) like like absolutely stunning i was mesmerized by her anytime she was on screen yeah her hair her hair perfection i know i love oh my god oh beautiful beautiful like when i was a 14 year old straightening Mm -hmm. my hair every single morning before school yep that was the dream that was the dream hair that's where we wanted to look just beautiful like naturally pin straight yeah shiny and just thick and beautiful yeah we love it she's she was absolutely stunning and Great. Could do so much better than this loser guy she's dating. Listen, I'm looking at his like IMDb picture and he's he looks pretty good. <laughs> this IMDb <laughs> picture. I mean, he's handsome, but he's also very much older than her in this movie, and that's a I plot know, point. But he's he was like really sweet though. Okay, we'll talk sweet. about it. let's talk all about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, other major characters in this movie is his, I guess, co-worker, film producer friend who helps set up the audition. He's here and there. He doesn't play too big of a role other than setting up the audition and doing the whole inciting incident. And then his son, Shijihiko, I think is how it's said. Um, Okay, yeah. Which I looked into that actor, Tetsu Sawaki. Mm -hmm. He hasn't done a whole lot after this movie. His last film credit was in 2002. Okay. So, um... Those are those are the major players. Yeah, yeah. And then his deceased wife makes a couple of couple of appearances. Once in the beginning when she's dying, and then during yeah. the dream sequence when shit is hitting the fan. Yeah, that was crazy sequence. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that being said, we can start segueing into story because this movie does what I really like in horror is and what I try to do when I dabble in it myself Mm -hmm. is create a completely normal situation a completely normal existence these people are in and then it takes a sudden left turn into crazyville yeah yes it does crazyville yep so this movie is really set up like kind of a romantic drama there's some like ickiness with two older male producers setting up a fake audition to get one of them a date yeah but aside from that ickiness it is very much 
set up like a drama more than a horror movie um yeah it is even even when we meet asami she just seems like a very timid shy mm-hmm. young woman yes it's not until we get that smash cut to her in her apartment which is just a normal 20 year old girl's apartment no furniture just a phone and a random sack nothing weird about that <laughs> yeah. and she's just she's sitting on the floor for four straight days waiting for him to call yeah um which that not to repeat the word iconic too much again i think that's one of the most iconic shots in the horror genre is yeah her like yeah i can't even replicate yeah i can't even replicate that pose because she's so small that her spine just sticks out on the back of her neck and it does uh, it's so good yeah she's just so she's kneeling but like think of like kneeling and sitting on your heels but like her her like calves are splayed out you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. like her butt's on the floor and she's like hunched over and her all her black hair is like all over her face so just as a creepy look yeah (laughs) very so you uh, know something's amiss when you see that yeah um and when the phone starts ringing the bag starts moving and it's just yeah and you're like oh well that's awkward but anyway at least he called her (laughs) so his wife dies and we jump forward like probably 10 years or so the son's in high school die i think cancer probably okay okay um some cancer or some other illness that mothers always die from yeah usually yeah (laughs) just like just being sick (laughs) he just died um (laughs) so it jumps forward and the son's like hey you know you should consider dating again you just seem kind of lonely because the son's getting older he's spending less time at home now yeah he's getting into girls himself and like also he's like obsessed with dinosaurs too which is cool yeah so he's started moving on with his yeah. life. And now that he's getting older, probably getting ready to go to college if he was like six in the opening scene. Yeah. He, he just wants to make sure his dad's going to not be lonely when he's gone. Yes. And I feel like a lot of kids like think about that. Like you, like when you're gone, you were like, I hope someone like is also with my parents. So they're like being cared for. So you don't have mm-hmm. to like worry about too much responsibility when you're trying to do your own thing at this time in your life yeah and so the dad talks to his friend at work and they both kind of decide on this plan to set up on set up an audition to find him the perfect woman and yes as he's going through resumes of women who submitted for the role he becomes entranced by this particular resume from a woman named asami because her letter is just so emotional and so full of like depth yeah and And this is jumping ahead a little bit I didn't realize this until we got to the dream sequence where both she and the wife are in the same room but I thought they looked very similar Yes. Yeah. I was that. Yeah. The first thing I thought when he was looking at the audition pictures is that he was looking for someone that looked like his wife. Yeah. And she looked very similar. I saw it, especially like in the corners of their mouths, they kind of had the same way of like 
tweaking their lips into mm-hmm. a not into a not smile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a smirk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, that that makes sense. They look very similar. And that's probably why the second he saw her picture, he was like, oh, this could oh. be the one. And then he read the letter and just kind of fell in love with her through that. So yeah. They go through the audition process and it's kind of a fun scene with all these women coming in and doing their yeah pick me pick me <laughs> routines yeah but like real quick for the listeners this audition is a smoke screen for these women they think they're going to be auditioning for like the star of like a new movie or like a romantic yeah. series something like that so they have no idea that it's actually they're just being looked at yeah and, and i didn't know there's going to be a uh, boobies <laughs> <laughs> yeah but there was just briefly yeah but I could appreciate that it was just briefly. Yeah. So that's that's fine. <laughs> but which yeah. Is, which is interesting because yeah. uh, Japan does have fairly strict decency laws. I think boobs are yeah. fine. Okay. But even in porn, penises are censored. Really? Yeah. Penises. See, they'll get me started on the whole thing again, Sam. So <laughs> not seeing a dick. <laughs> <laughs> give, us, give us the dick. I know. But yeah, anyway, the auditions, they go on and on for all Yeah, day. they go on and on. And Asami is the last one to come in. And like, I mean, that's just it. He He's in love with her. He's yeah. like, that's the one. Yeah. Um, his friend tells her to wait a few days before calling, um, which is when we get the like four day sequence Yeah, of her waiting by the phone. And finally he calls and they meet up for lunch, um, yeah. pretending that she lets it ring for a while she doesn't want him to know that she's been waiting this entire time don't want to be too eager you just have to like you know play the game a little bit (laughs) yeah so they they begin casually seeing each other and he's just in love with this mysterious woman who seems to have a lot of tragedy in her life for being so young yeah but she's enchanting like she's fucking beautiful like there's no way around it she's and her voice I found captivating yes. because it's so soft and smooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just love listening to her speak. Yeah. Um. So he tells his son that he's seeing someone and his son is very happy for him. His son also has a girlfriend that he yeah. meets and she's <laughs> yeah. very sweet. Very cute. And everything seems to be coming along great. Uh, <laughs> we're introduced to their cute little beagle. I love beagles. Hey, once I saw the dog, I know the dog, he was cute, but once I saw the, once I saw the dog, dog, yep, yeah, you know. It that. was game over. I knew yeah. it was going to happen to the dog. <laughs> yeah. So he, with his son's approval, he asks Asami to go to a beachside hotel with him for a little getaway. And this is where he plans on proposing. And mm-hmm. they... Yeah. Asami reveals some burn scars that she has on her leg and before she lets him have sex with her she makes him vow his undying love for her and that he'll love no one but her yeah um he's moved by this and agrees but when he wakes up in the morning she's nowhere to be found red flag red flag red flag number two (laughs) or three yeah but (laughs) But he's not ready to uh, let her go just yet. So he uses her resume and what little information he's 
gathered about her life. Like he knows the dance studio she learned ballet at. He knows where she works as a bartender. So he starts tracking her down at these places, but they're all abandoned more or less. Um, especially the dance studio where we meet her dance instructor, who's the one that burned her legs when she was a young girl um, and how he very likely molested her. Very likely. Very likely. Um, heavily. Um, if you don't think she was molested, then you're also the kind of person that argues that Freddy Krueger was not a child molester. Oh my God. It's literally, it, they literally say it in Freddy yes. versus Jason. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, um, so bye to the, those people. But anyway, yeah, yes, he it, it's heavily implied. They don't outright say it in this movie, but the flashbacks that yeah. we get absolutely he sexually assaulted her as a child and yeah, he up. is now wheelchair bound with prosthetic feet. Yeah, and, the feet. Oh, yes. <laughs> and we don't quite know how he got that way, but we'll find out very soon. Yeah. Um, and so. <laughs> The next place the dad goes to find her is the bar she allegedly works at where a guy says, no, she's not here anymore. And then tells him this creepy story about something she allegedly did, which was yeah. cut off a guy's feet. And when they found the feet, they also found three fingers and an extra tongue in the bag. And an ear. Yeah. And, an ear. and naturally the dad is horrified. At this yeah. Time. He like has, has a freak out. Yeah. <laughs> And the guy's like, yeah, really scary story. I'm telling you, huh? Anyway, bye. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, while all of this is going on, Asami has gone to his house where she finds the photo of his late wife and she is enraged by this and she yes. drugs his liquor. Yes, of so, course. <laughs> yep. So when he comes home, he has a drink and passes out and we... uh get this trippy flashback dream sequence where we see um what's going on in her apartment with the bag and the music producer that she works for that went missing has been in the bag with his feet cut off that's him okay yeah his tongue cut off and a scene that is like very iconic very memorable for this movie that i forgot about until it was happening she feeds him her vomit she vomits into a dog bowl and feeds it to him and even thinking about it i'm gonna gag Uh, i was thinking about it all night after you told me and i was like should i re i'm gonna rewatch that scene why would you do that because i need to i need to like (laughs) so i can be disgusted too because oh my god i thought it was like funny because i thought it was like food I can I can handle a lot I can watch like there were a couple moments in Saw 10 where I cringed me too did you watch Saw 10 yes girl I'm so sorry I didn't tell you wasn't it so good yeah okay but anyway yeah Yeah. anyway so the one thing in Saw 10 that made me cringe was the woman who had to suck bone marrow out of her leg (gasps) I was fine I was fine until I saw the bone marrow coming out and I was like oh god gross yeah yeah, just the just the idea of like stabbing something into your bone. I'm like, that's gotta hurt too, yeah. man. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. <laughs> I can handle a lot, but like any bodily function other than blood and guts, it gets me. Like just yes. the thought of eating the vomit, and he was eagerly eating that vomit. He was into it. I was like, no, I can't watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found it. On, I'll have to watch it on YouTube. It's called the disturbing scene from Audition. So I guess that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it 
Um, but yeah, I'm gonna, I, I will rewatch it because like, I unfortunately, like when I was watching it, uh, I like missed the, the part where she throws up and all I yeah. s- noticed was like him getting fed it. And Sam was like telling me that it was actually vomit. And I was like, oh my God. So <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that was gross. And then, Super gross. um, we also get some of his like weird fantasies and kind of a closer look into his head while he is a sweet guy he does seem to have creepy um yeah notions towards women like um first he first she goes down on him and then it turns she turns into his wife and then turns into the son's girlfriend and it's just a very creepy his scene. co-worker the co-worker woman. co-worker yeah so just kind of a creepy scene of how he does sexualize the women in his life, all the women in his life. Yeah, but like, why only a, bl- a blowjob? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Which is fine, but yeah, okay. and probably a blowjob because yeah, let, let's look at, let's look at sexual acts. Is a blowjob and really mm-hmm. any like oral yeah. sex is a very like one sided sexual interaction that's a great interpretation so yeah, yeah i would agree that that 100 percent. he's just like yep give me a bj i'm yeah. just gonna stand here like, like candy stuff you guys can do it to each other at the same yeah. time and i guess you can do oral stuff if you're 69ing that's but that's a different story yeah. yeah but like a blow job or just going down on someone is a very like one-sided yeah. one it's like a singular like i'm just doing this for this person and yeah. i'm getting nothing in return other than i yeah and that's it so yeah in the instance of this film, guys. <laughs> In, yes. We're supposed I think we're supposed Sorry. to look at it as a one-sided sexual gratification. Yes, yes, absolutely. Great. Okay, that's a great point. Um so finally he wakes up from this fantasy, and we also do get the moment where in like the dream restaurant, yeah, where they oh, went on yeah. a date one date with and he, he sees his wife at the other table and she tells him, No, don't marry this girl. Um, probably his own subconscious coming back and finally realizing the red flags that were there. Like, I can't believe he never noticed that the girl wore the same outfit on every single date. Yeah, the white outfit with like the button up to like yeah. her neck. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, wait, I have a question about the the se- the sequence though, the dream sequence. So we see them both together on like their like date whenever they're just kind of like drinking beer at like the bar restaurant. And earlier we see them both talking and she's just like talking about like you know how how her parents are well and everything is fine but in this dream sequence she's like having a longer conversation and it's like really sad and deep and it's about like her her parents like like her broken family and like Mm -hmm. her abuse and like all this stuff so did that conversation happen Sam or are we just getting as the audience getting her background in this dream sequence that's a really good question I think I think it could be both that we're getting more of her backstory, but also maybe she did try and tell him this stuff, but he just didn't want to hear it. Well, so too, yeah. So now that he's unconscious and he's aware of what she's done in her yeah. past, uh-huh. like all the red flags that she said in her own words are coming to him. That is like was my second thought I was like maybe like he just like is trying to pretend that she's like literally perfect yeah and nothing else is a red flag so her life is like insane that that's how I'll choose to interpret it but I could also just see it as a one-sided it's for the audience moment but I think the director is too smart for it to just be that I think it's 
Yeah. Because they were on these long dates. So yeah. So what they talk about. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I agree so with you. Your I parents agree. can be well, but they could also be divorced and that divorce right. really traumatized you. Yes. Okay. Yep. And ruined definitely. your look on love. Right. Okay. Then I definitely, I wanted to clarify that, but I agree that is definitely how I see it yeah. too. Awesome. So the dream sequence ends and we enter into the body horror aspect of this movie, which is what ranks this movie so high on so many disturbing movie lists. Yeah. Um, he wakes up from the dream and she, well, he collapses, he's asleep, but then he kind of wakes up and she injects him with a paralytic agent that leaves um, his nerves alert, but he can't move or scream. And yeah she starts to torture him with evil acupuncture <laughs> yeah that's a great <laughs> description <laughs> yeah she she uses tiny um i don't know if they're actually acupuncture needles or just sewing needles but she jabs so him yeah. she jabs the them into him into his lower eyelids not directly into his eyes thank goodness yeah jesus me. um <laughs> and before she comes out, we actually get a glimpse of the dog that she killed, which made me very sad because I thought that's one of the yeah. more graphic like dog deaths I've seen on screen. Yeah, yeah. It's just like all dead in there. Because I did just rewatch Halloween at the drive-in a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And yeah, the dog does get killed on screen, but it's it's very like mild. It's he's barking and then Michael breaks his neck and he stops barking. It's pretty that's it's pretty tame. tame. Yeah. Very rarely do I feel like we get blood and guts with an animal death because yeah. We just we can't handle it. We can't. No, so I'm glad it was just like just a moment of seeing it though and wasn't like a drawn out thing where we saw her do it or else that would yeah. have like upset me. So I was like, "Oh no, yeah. but he's dead." I'm like, "Oh, I knew he was going to die anyway." I know so. I was I knew he was going to die, but I also wasn't ready for it because I love beagles. I want a little beagle and I want to name it Shiloh. It's so cute. The yeah. beetles are so cute. They're so sweet. I know. Um, so as she um, she keeps saying deeper, deeper, as she keeps putting the needles in, and then she decides it's time to cut off his feet like she did to the music producer. <laughs> um, and her tool of choice is... Um, Garot. <laughs> yeah, if you've never seen audition or this particular scene from audition like I feel like everyone in the horror community has at least seen this scene um yeah. it's like a clay cutting wire tool or yeah. a wire tool that you use to cut big pieces of cheese um, right yes yes girl I'm yeah gonna, I'm gonna look up what it what it's called what you it, wikipedia says wire saw wire saw yeah because it's just it's a big wire that is very sharp except yep. for the handles that's what and, it's called girl wire saw multi-purpose yep. <laughs> or cable saw and she found multiple purposes for it yeah. <laughs> so she uses this tool to gleefully cut off his foot and this is where i didn't want to like yeah be weird about calling a japanese woman adorable um yeah, but i have to cute. she was yeah. so fucking cute while she was cutting off his foot and i think she had to be yeah. for the scene to be as creepy and disturbing as it is right yes yeah like she could have done it stone cold or evil but or no evil. she went with she went with girlish glee girlish and it's just glee. super cute yeah because she's like a very young woman so yeah. yeah i think they say she's only 24 and yeah, 24 
that that youth really comes out in this scene with her with her girlish girlish giggle as she's cutting off his foot and then mm-hmm. when she's done with the left foot she doesn't even want it she just chucks it to the side which is really like, cute it at the door <laughs> which is super cute and it then was. she gets to work on the right foot but yeah but then her his son comes in and you see she's doing all of this because he made the promise that she would be the only person he loves and she meant the only person he loves yeah so doggies no sons yeah no doggies no sons and because he did love his wife before he loved her damn he he needs to be punished for that he already lost the game yeah (laughs) so the son comes in and she's like oh goody and she goes to get her like i guess paralyzing spray <laughs> yeah um, what is that that's like um she's like a mace or some something either a mace or like chloroform or highly yeah. concentrated chloroform mm-hmm. some type of a yeah definitely spray. something that was intended to knock him out yes yeah definitely and um the dad can't cry out but then suddenly we mm-hmm. get a smash cut to them back in the hotel and she's there and everything's fine. She accepts the proposal and they fall back asleep in the hotel and they're in love. Oh no, but that was a false, uh, that was a dream. That was a false awakening. And his son is actually fighting Asami right this moment for his life. Um, He manages to get away from her, runs up the stairs. And then as she chases him, he just kicks and yeets her down the flight of stairs. <laughs> yeah, he does. And she's like, and I was like, wow, she really flew backwards. <laughs> Big kick. And, and then her neck is broken and he comes back down to call an ambulance for his father and for her. And the last thing we see is her quote unquote talking to the dad saying that she loves him and she can't wait. She she can't wait. She can't wait to see him again. She can't wait to see him again. She looks yes. forward to seeing him again. I'm trying to words <laughs> sound weird right now. No, it's fine. Um and I I'm pretty sure that was all in his head because her neck was fucking broken. Yeah, she was yeah, literally dead. But like he yeah, he was just listening to her and like he, he was looking at her and I think that like her dead body was saying all the, be- the the beautiful kind things that she said to him that made him feel like they had a connection yeah and I think it's him like feeling sad that like that was all just psycho babble and she didn't mean any of it and she's been planning this from the beginning well I think she somehow. meant it oh uh, yeah I think she meant it but she is a very but troubled yeah. girl who's been hurt by everyone who claimed they love her like they loved her like the dance teacher who hurt her surely he said like sweet nothings to make her feel like this was normal and that he loved her because that's that's the typical groomer way is to make the victim feel special and then her parents divorce which you know probably ruined her outlook on love and relationships and then so she just has been hurt repeatedly by people who claim they love her yeah and so it's caused a psychotic break in her <laughs> yeah 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 and, so um, yeah you're probably right she did mean a lot of that but he wanted it to be true and there it not end in in bloodshed and, and her death yeah he wanted he wanted to be with her i think he really loved her and yeah. he, was he wanted and gentle Hopefully. He wanted the version of her that 
he saw, which was this shy, timid, yeah, enchanting young woman. Yes. And yeah. and that's what leads me to kind of lean towards, oh, I think she probably did say, like, talk to him about her traumas, but he just yeah. was enchanted by this idea of her. And yeah, um, going through Wikipedia last night after I watched the movie, there are yeah. a lot of different interpretations of this film and whether or not it's a misogynistic film, whether or not it's a feminist film. And I don't really think it's either one. I do think it's a commentary on how um, yeah. older men particularly want their wives to be and we've talked about this a bit in the mini show with death note this came out yeah six years before the anime started and how you know yeah culturally traditional japan is and still yes. is in a lot of ways uh-huh so i think the fact that she was such a shy timid girl was appealing to him because you know yeah even in America for many, many, many centuries, we wanted quiet, docile women yes. that just did what they were told. Right. And being yes. an older man, getting back into the dating scene, that was probably very appealing to him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And um, I remember like, and, and we did get a lot of um, like background on just in the movie on like what was good like in a woman and what was like not mm -hmm. wanted um you know like the traditional and then like the women who were like out and having fun and like were independent and that was like unwanted mm -hmm. um which yeah that, like culturally yeah even with the son's girlfriend um yeah the dad told him oh just give her my dinner and I'll go get something and when she's still down there when he comes down to go get her food she's like oh let me go cook you something hey, <laughs> I like, was like damn girl <laughs> Girl, you're a guest in this house. Yes, seriously. But um, but like yeah, it's their that, job to feed you. Yeah. So you see those little snippets of like, okay, well, that's the norm. That's like the norm. So, mm -hmm. and then even when he was talking with like the uh, other guy he worked with who set up the audition, the main character, he um was saying like he he preferred like an older woman is what he thought that he wanted mm -hmm. to have until he was introduced to this whole world of like young women who yeah may be interested in him and that totally changed you know like yeah. he's like I want a young woman but and I want and her a young to be, woman act like an older woman yeah know? a young woman is more malleable to what I want my wife to be yeah and but what I also he want her to yeah what he wants his wife to be is his previous wife and, yes. and why I think he was charmed yeah. by Asami in the first place is how similar they look like same beautiful straight hair same smirking smile yeah they they resemble each other too if you like look at them kind of next to each other yeah so that resemblance but then he's like but I also want them to be like you know smart and independent and like you know know a skill like a mm -hmm. traditional skill like you know like fine arts or something and like all this stuff but also like <laughs> only 24 you know yeah and even in the torture scene, yeah. Asami still maintains that sweet girlish outer outer yeah. shell that she has while she's doing this like super twisted shit to him. She's like, hee, deeper, deeper, deeper. Yeah. And you know what? That deep however she says deeper in Japanese, that is like a I was watching this one like show um and it was with Eli Roth he has this like review show about like horror stuff and he talked about how like that line is iconic actually 
Mm -hmm. um, because it sounds so cute in Japanese. Um, yeah. But is she saying deeper? I didn't know what she was saying though. This whole, I never saw the movie, but it's deeper, deeper, deeper. So that's really disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> but, but iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of ways you could read into this movie. I'm not going to say it's a feminist uh, telling or uh, like it's I th a lot of it is misogynistic, but he does get punished for his misogynistic viewpoint. So I, yeah. I would um, categorize this a very early entry into the good for her genre of horror. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's not the only I wouldn't even call him an abuser, but she does get revenge on her other abusers yes definitely does yeah um but i would it's not it's not a rape and revenge movie which is you know the precursor to good for her but it is i think i would call it a early early entry into the good for her genre yeah yeah that's a good categorization you know good <laughs> for her like midsommar and yeah um, i mean midsommar is the only one i can think of right now where right yeah we're, we're like yeah good for her setting for her, her cheating asshole boyfriend on fire yeah like a fuck that guy categorization <laughs> like it yeah. like you said it is hard for me to say straight up say fuck that guy because he was very sweet to her he was i think yeah, but his biggest flaw was i don't think he actually gave, saw yes, saw her saw her and like accepted her as she was yeah and that's something that she said at the end something like you know like you finally saw, like I, I feel like I could be myself with you and you love me just the way I am or something like that but like unfortunately that's really not how it was mm -hmm. yeah here is a good excerpt on wikipedia from other from a couple other film critics um okay in audition the character Asami is a victim of child abuse call it Balmain, in her book, Introduction to Japanese Horror Film, described Asami as just one more face to the wronged women in Japanese culture. They are victims of repression and oppression, and only death and loneliness remain for them. Uh, film critic Robin Wood wrote that through her child abuse, Asami is taught that love and pain must be inseparable. Mm -hmm. uh, the audience is led to identify with Asami through this victimization, and also uh, what Stephen Ledru described as a patriarch patriarchal Japanese society. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that's basically what we said is a lot of it seems to be a commentary on this objectification of Japanese women, even within their own culture of, you know, how they're supposed to be. And I think that's a universal message because everywhere in the world, there's this like projected image of what a woman is supposed to be to right be appealing to a man yeah yeah absolutely so anyway on to production um yeah. my first note is very small and it's i love her outfit during the torture scene i love the boots i love the leather gloves i love or rubber gloves i love the rubber apron and the white yeah. dress underneath mm -hmm. yeah it's that's also an iconic outfit yeah and the like big if syringe. you <laughs> if you dressed as that for halloween People, people should know people will know what you are <laughs> they should know yeah shouldn't they <laughs> yeah if they're yeah. smart they know what you are it, yeah if they're smart and they've maybe like seen a movie or two you know yeah but um that is an iconic like word. that is that is one of the top-notch recognizable horror movie outfits in my opinion 
Oh yeah, definitely. Like you got you got Freddy sweater. Michael uh-huh. and Jason, their looks are pretty like you recognize them, but between the two of them, they're interchangeable. They both wear the what? same like jumpsuit. Like a mask. Yeah, or jumpsuit, yeah. yeah. But like yeah. this look, top notch. Beautiful. Yeah, top notch. <laughs> it is. Yep, so that's a great. Great outfit. All of her other outfits are interesting too. Like she always wears like the white, and then she has like that big pink jacket that she wears <laughs> sometimes when they go out. Mm-hmm. I do. I do like that she wears white throughout the movie until so the torture pure. scene. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think that just shows that white is the universal color of purity. Purity. I, yes, ma'am. I think it is. Uh-huh. And that's why. So of course she's dressed in white because. She's this pure little angel baby who's just waiting for the perfect man to make her a wife. Yes, yes. And there's no no tarnish on her. And so yeah. she's just perfectly pure. Pure and beautiful. <sighs> I wrote a whole research paper about this and presented it too. But that's a whole other thing regarding like, you know, just portraying women as virgins because that's what men desire. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially in, in horror films such as this. This is a great, a great, yeah film all about that that pretty much i mean yeah yeah and that's a another great point is this film came out in 1999 yeah and horror movies always reflect um society's fears right like you know body snatchers in the 50s and then slasher is coming to get your promiscuous daughters in the 70s so (laughs) i do see that you know as times change and newer generations step into positions of power and how we change the way we want the world to be how the older generation look at that and are afraid so you know japan a traditional patriarchal culture seeing a young woman fight against the idea of her purity and her innocence like this Mm -hmm. yeah i think it it all fits into that whole theory of how horror represents societal fears Yes. Yeah. That's a great, that's an excellent point. Okay. Yeah. And this is a great film, but then that this is why this is in the top 100. I mean, not just because of the body horror, but because it's, it's deeper than that. It really is a great film. Mm-hmm. Um, production. I don't know if I have any production notes other than like, they do the gore very well because it's like, you don't see it. It's not all that in your face, but very, oh, the foot cutting like, scene is so well done it's it's just disturbing when you do see it you know mm-hmm. what i mean so it's it is well done uh the needles going in like nobody likes that nobody mm-hmm. likes a needle you know what i mean so it's like it it's universally disturbing yeah right? i don't i don't want to look up how they did the foot cutting effect because i don't want to ruin it for myself yeah but it's very it's very misery like right like oh yeah yes yes like we don't like like no. misery yeah. i think was only pg-13 but that fucking foot breaking scene oh, I, I i know how they did that i know they filled like fake feet with um jelly or something <laughs> so when yeah. when um kathy bates hits it with the hammer really it oh, really goes it really just goes right over there so i feel like it's probably <laughs> a similar concept with how they did the foot cutting but it just it looked so real Ooh, i know uh, it was so good really good really really good stuff um everything else is just uh it it, it all looks good there's no like special hues or you know like no no special like uh, special effects or anything like that it's just practical effects Mm -hmm. it looks like to me yeah one like camera note i noticed was 
in the beginning, it's all very, you know, still stationary camera work. But once she yeah. leaves him at the hotel and he starts trying to figure out like where she went and who uh-huh. she is, it switches over to a shaky cam. Oh, get out. Okay, well, there yeah. you go. He's because he's like freaking out. Yeah. If his world has become unstable without her, yeah. you know, like. So I thought so I thought that was very good. That's really good. Yeah. Sweet. That's um, all I got for production, I think. Yeah. So yeah. let's uh go ahead and go through realistic aspects right Ooh. quick. Oh, right. Um, creepy old men hitting on younger women. Yes. Being abused by like an older man adult when they're in a position of power, mm-hmm. such as being your instructor for like ballet or something like that, you know? Yep. Um, the people yeah. in your life who are supposed to protect you betraying you yeah uh that is a big one um I would also say and this this would have nothing to do with the abusive part but like being a ballerina but like having an injury that causes you to have to quit like your something that's going to become your career yeah that can be really like that can kind of like mess everything up for you mm-hmm. <laughs> like your dream is gone because you have like an injury and your hip is fucked up you know yeah. the person shit. the person you love ditching you the night the morning after you do it <laughs> yeah uh, like being an older man and having a young son who's also 24 and going after a girl is 24 so they like the son might like be into your like wife his yeah. his new mom <laughs> like that was yeah. a moment <laughs> that's um, pretty scary yeah that is being obsessed with dinosaurs like come on man i'm just kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> you really love dinosaurs. Um, lose, <laughs> losing the love of your life and not knowing how to right. how to move on with that. Yeah, yeah. She just dies young. So that yeah. sucks. Uh, be like really thinking that you have like a connection with someone, but they they turn out that they want to torture you instead, and so you're just like your your whole idea of what's happening has been flipped on its head. Um, having a connection with someone only to realize they're not really seeing you yes yeah absolutely and that makes you mad so you should be mad um having having people in power who like may or may not work in like you know production like of movies and things like that and them just like doing whatever they want such as like looking at beautiful women all day Mm-hmm. And, and like none of them ever getting a job which is what they think so just like totally like pulling the wool over everyone's eyes yeah. like everything is a big scam so that that's kind of fucked up yeah um uh, well, there's a bunch <laughs> killing is having your dog get killed that's uh, a little puppy yeah Berk. um i think yeah. that's all i have right now i would give this oh, movie in <laughs> I'd give this movie an oh yeah that fucked me up I agree oh yeah that fucked me up yeah that's all the big realistic aspects uh, this won a lot of awards and got a lot of nominations too mm-hmm. um I a- American awards such as like uh the chainsaw awards mm-hmm. it got like a uh three chainsaw fangoria awards for best like actress best screenplay best limited release movie you know all this stuff so that's pretty cool mm-hmm. so hey yeah it was a good one so everybody watch it. it looks like this whole movie is on youtube oh nice uh by the way i think i just stumbled upon it because i'm trying to look at the throw-up scene <laughs> <laughs> nice 
So uh-huh. if you if you haven't seen it yet, uh, yeah. it's on Tubi, and it sounds like it's also on YouTube. So yeah, if you just look up Audition 999, full Japanese thriller movie, and all one hour, 55 minutes, 27 seconds on there. Yeah. Dark Matter so, TV is the subscriber. So stop putting it off and go watch yeah. it. Yeah, like literally. Finally. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I'm really, really glad I saw this. This is this is one of those films that you do want to see if you are a horror fan. It's worth watching once. Um, and it's definitely worth the watch. Yeah. 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 All right. Cool. That's all I got to say about that. Are you ready for the outro? I sure am. I gotta go carve a pumpkin. All right, well, buckle in because here comes the outro. All right. Thanks for tuning into our episode. We are the Real Horror Show podcast. Our host is Sam Odie, and I'm the co-host, Stormy Skies. The podcast was created by Sam Odie and Stormy Skies. It is directed, edited, produced by Sam Odie. You can find Sam on Instagram at oh, hi, I'm Sam, one word. And you can find Stormy on Instagram at the Stormy Skies, all one word, of course. You can find the Real Horror Show podcast on Spotify, tune in, iTunes, Google Play Store, Pandora, and anywhere you stream your podcasts. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you're always in the know when a new episode comes out. Follow us on social media. You can find the Real Horror Show podcast on Instagram, Threads, TikTok, Facebook, and our Twitter handle's still good too, right? AKA X. We're still there. Uh, We do more than just podcasts. We love to write and have plenty of great movie reviews and essays, all of which can be found on our website, realhorrorshow.com. We love hearing from our listeners. You can ask us questions or send us movie requests um, to review by DMing us on social media, or you can even send us an email at realhorrorshowpodcast at gmail.com call for guests. Do you love horror movies? Are you a podcaster, a content creator, a movie lover, or anyone in between who is a listener to our show? We would love to have you as a guest on one of our episodes. Reach out to us via social media DM or email us at realhorrorshowpodcast at gmail.com. Our podcast episodes featuring guests are all listed on our website, realhorrorshow.com. We are so thankful for all of our listeners. You are the life force for our podcast. I mean, it wouldn't really exist without you. Thank you all for making this podcast real and supporting us as we record every week. Or we try to record every week. You can support us in different ways, such as liking and sharing our podcast episodes on social media. Giving us a review will help the podcast more than you know, and will help other listeners find it too. You can also donate to Real Horror Show by visiting our support page on our website, where you can make a one-time donation via PayPal, buy us a coffee with the buy us a coffee button, or explore our very interesting Amazon wish list. So, and this is something I wanted to ask you about, Sam, before I read this, but we stand behind SAG after and WGA, but I believe the SAG after strike has ended. The WGA strike has ended. SAG AFTRA is still on strike. So we support SAG AFTRA. Okay, excellent. Yes. Yeah, so WGA, the strike is ended, but of course we still support SAG-AFTRA. If you want to support SAG-AFTRA, then consider donating to the Entertainment Community Fund, which supports those who are out of work. You can also donate to other funds benefiting actors, writers, and crew members using the links found in the episode notes. And Sam is going to carve pumpkins, but is there any other pertinent news other than Halloween's around the corner? 
Uh, we are doing a little collaboration with our indie podcast friends, Invasion of the Remake, which should be out around Halloween. So that was super fun. So be sure to check that out. Yes, absolutely. Sam and I had a joy writing and narrating our own story that is in the vein of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, one of our favorites. So yeah, check it out. That was really fun to do and we love collabs. Yeah. Uh, our outro song is called Creepy Doll by Jonathan Colton and he can be found at jonathancolton.com. Thank you, fuck off, and have a swell evening. This is Real Horror Show signing off. Bye. Bye-bye. I love the creepy